everybody, this is Cheng Ron. I'm here with Dr. Yosef Eliaman. And the first time that we met was actually February of 2017. And he's the first speaker that, uh, that I came across for the Institute of Functional Medicine and where he was teaching the, uh, the cardiometabolic module in functional medicine. But today we're gonna to focus on what does mental health actually mean? Is there a physical component to it or is it just all mental, which we both agree is probably a physical component to it? And reaching well beyond just the mental health, what are some of the triggers that may be existing early on in our lives that we're not even thinking about? So, um, so the first question I wanna ask you is um, in terms of mental health and mental illnesses, mm -hmm. what are the physical and environmental contributions to mental health? So from a functional medicine approach, we, we do something called, where we look at, as you're aware, the functional medicine matrix. Right. And it's showing that you can have biochemical imbalances and they can throw off your psychological spiritual state. But you can also, the psychological spiritual state can cause biochemical changes and physical changes. I don't know if that's what you were getting at or. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, from a food expect, uh, affecting mood point of view, there, there are actually multiple ways that we can look at it. We can look at it from a neurotransmitter point of view. So uh, neurotransmitters are your serotonin and dopamine and the, those basically neurotransmitters, if, if, if your neurotransmitters are off, one of the things that, that we do in conventional medicine is we give medication that yeah, like modulates. Antidepressants and Antidepressants like and things like that. Right. But if you look at what the antidepressants do, they're making these neurotransmitters stay longer in your brain. They're not actually increasing them. Yeah. But from a food point of view, so we'll take one uh, serotonin, for example. Right. So in order for, in order for you to make serotonin, you need a amino acid called tryptophan, mm -hmm. which means you have to have enough protein, which, which contains the tryptophan. You have to be able to break down that protein into, into the amino acids, including tryptophan. So right. if you don't have enough stomach acid or if you're blocking it, you can have an issue. And then you need certain vitamins in your food plan or in your diet in order to convert that right. into the tryptophan. So it, just from a food point of view, if you're not eating enough protein or if you're not getting enough of your vitamins, you won't be able to make the serotonin. And if you don't make serotonin, you can get anxious and depressed. Right. And that's just one of them. So And serotonin is actually made in the gut. Yeah, uh, what about 90% of it can be made in the gut. Mm -hmm. um, the other, the rest will be made in the different parts of the body, right. including the brain. But yeah, the, they, they call the gut the second brain. So. Right, well I call it the first brain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well there's more neurons I think in the, in the microbes that are in the gut that is in our entire peripheral nervous system. Um, so, you know, speaking of serotonin, so for serotonin is what makes people happy. And so uh, what makes people sleepy is melatonin. Right. And so melatonin is actually made from serotonin. So you have the depressed and anxious and insomniacs, right? right. But the f underlying issue is still the absorption of that tryptophan from the diet and converting it using components of micronutrients from other foods into you know 5-HTP uh, and then ultimately that becomes serotonin in the brain, right? Right, right. And I actually, let, let me talk about the melatonin. So you mentioned sure. the melatonin. So serotonin becomes melatonin and without melatonin, you don't sleep properly. Right. When you sleep, that's actually when you make your serotonin. So you end up in this vicious cycle to where <coughs> you can't sleep, and if you can't sleep, you can't make those neurotransmitters, even if you had adequate uh, adequate food plan, an adequate diet, mm -hmm. and then it's a vicious cycle. Low serotonin, low melatonin, right. low sleep, and then it just 
it becomes a perpetual cycle. And your metabolism can become all over the place if you don't get the adequate sleep, right? Absolutely. Okay. 25% risk of all types of mortality or all types of death if you don't get adequate sleep. So. Gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's important to eat the food and have the tryptophan. No. Um, but it's not all about protein, right? Right. There's other things that we have to consume for tryptophan to even turn into that serotonin so it can have the neurotransmitter effect on us. Right. What are those things that need to be consumed? So definitely vitamins and minerals. And with your vitamins, we like looking at the, the B vitamins in particular. Um, out of your B vitamins, some people, their B vitamins need to be in the activated form. And the example is... B6. B6 is one of the things that is needed to make those neurotransmitters, including the, the tyrosine. Mm -hmm. so, so B6 needs to be activated to, to a vitamin called P5P. Mm -hmm. and, and what we'll do like in functional medicine is sometimes we'll give people the activated form mm -hmm. because they, they get the inactivated form out of food. There's folate, which is, which is the natural form of folic acid that needs to be activated into methylfolate. There's B12 right. that needs to be activated, and also riboflavin that needs to be activated. Mm -hmm. So you need those B vitamins that need to be activated, but I think what a lot of people end up forgetting about is those phytonutrients. Yes. And phytonutrients, that's the different colors in the fruits and vegetables right. that actually have healing properties in them. And yeah. when we eat all of these processed foods, we're not going to get the right amount of phytonutrients. And when we eat non-organic foods or foods that have a high amount of pesticide, yes. that may be counteracting some of that effect. Oh, uh, so. yeah. Pesticides are a whole new category we can dive hours into about. Right. But uh, sticking with the food for right now. So there's those micronutrients. Uh, and, of course, there's the phytonutrients that are contained within the food. So I think, you know... Um, and the, in human development, humans uh, were trichromatic, meaning that we see three ranges of colors. Uh, carnivores are usually dichromatic. They usually see two, much narrower two range of colors. And so uh, the trichromatics are usually uh, towards the omnivores and the herbivores. So we're actually made to see a lot of these colors. And so we can actually pick out foods um, from really far away zone in, pick out the food. That's what we did well before grocery stores existed, right? <laughs> and so, you know, I think uh, nature allows us to choose micronutrients, not saying, oh, this has B6, this has B5. It's like, hey, these are the colors that we actually need. So naturally, we consume that into our body. And these are what we call, you know, adjuvants or cofactors into activating that, that neurotransmitter process, right? Right. Right. And so if, and this is, this is something that, uh, becomes a topic of debate. And uh, how, how much protein or how much vegetables do we actually need to activate this neurotransmitter process? Is there a magic number? So I've picked a, like you said, it's, it's of debate. Right. The, what I usually tell my patients yeah. is at least six servings of vegetables, two servings of fruits, and try to get multiple colors. Yeah. Um, from a protein point of view, that's a little bit different. You'll see different numbers out there. I'd say in general, don't go less than 70 grams of protein, mm -hmm. even even if you're plant-based and you're staying away from, from meats completely, but right. I wouldn't go less than 70. And it depends on, are you trying to reduce fat or are you trying to stay healthy, what the ratios are. 
But yes, protein is extremely important. Uh, it slows down when you consume protein in your food plan. Yeah. It's going to slow down how fast sugar was going to go up in your body. And when sugar rises too fast in your body, it causes all kinds of other things, including crashing. Your, your sh if your sugar shoots up too fast, yeah. then the body drops it too fast. And then that low sugar is going to affect your mood, which your, your body will get ravenous. You can get angry, irritable. So that can affect your mood as well. Right. And so, you know, there's another component to food, which we call autoimmunity, where our immune system um, can start attacking components that either either within the food or the food are causing components to go into the bloodstream that our body attacks it. Can we talk about how autoimmune disease really affect like mood and brain? No, absolutely. And it's for different reasons. One is one is if if your body is attacking itself, right? It doesn't feel good your body is going to can release um, what's called cytokines which which can affect the brain and affect the way that we feel but also there may be there may be certain foods that cross react where your body will attack that food and then turn around and attack a part of the brain and that's another gluten is an example of that people that have gluten yeah. issues so so I'll give you an example um, and I'll never forget her and if you look at my website she's all on my website so she's, uh, when she came to me, she was 18 years old. And then, um, but she was very depressed, uh, very anxious, and her Instagram was just really, really dark. Mm. And uh, what, when she came, she really didn't have any gut issues, but we ended up discovering that she had antibodies against gliadin, which is in gluten. And, uh, and she turned out she actually had celiac disease, but never really had any gut issues. And celiac disease is actually a gut disorder that's, that's categorized. And so what happened with her is that when we took that away, it's like her mind woke up. So she didn't remember her old self, and she didn't remember even the first time she came into the office. And then she went from like a D and F student to like an A and B student. She actually graduated high school, now she's in college. And she has a job, and her major is actually neuropsychiatry, right? Wow. And so... And that turned around and like maybe, you know, she started really improving about a week to two weeks in. But, you know, we actually did a brain mapping on her and there was a massive difference between, you know, the first time we did a brain mapping and five months later, she looks completely like a different person. And if you look at her personality, she is like a different person. It's like she woke up and she's been that way since she was maybe in her early preteen years to when she was 18. Wow. And so we found out that she had other autoantibodies. So she had something called anti-Purkinje fiber antibodies, anti-cerebellar antibodies and uh, anti-glial cell antibodies, and these are actually the body creating antibodies that are cross-reacting with uh, the food components in, in gluten that's cross-reacting and causing issues with the brain. So she manifested as a brain disorder mm. prior to manifesting celiac disease as a gut disorder, which we now classify that celiac-induced psychosis syndrome. And so um, I have a feeling that this happens way often, way more often than, than people think, right? Oh, absolutely. And it's uh, the challenging thing and actually the humbling thing is that if you don't look for it, you're not going to find it. So that patient would have, if nobody said get off of a gluten-free or go on a gluten-free yeah. diet or yeah. food plan, then how many antidepressants would she have been on that caused how many other issues? Right. And then, I mean, she may not be alive today. Right, so, right. And yet, uh, it's more common than we think. Uh, and um, unfortunately, with the way that they process foods, we're not eating certain foods in certain seasons anymore. We're eating foods, same foods all year round, and gluten, dairy, corn, soy are thrown in everything. I mean, pick up a yeah. can of soup. 
and you'll yeah. see all of these different foods that could be bothering us. Yeah, or have a bag of Cheetos and you have all that stuff in there. Right. And your patient, what's, what's interesting too, is your patient could have had an identical twin with the same exact genes that didn't live in the same environment, that yeah. did not have the same thing happen to her and never have a problem with gluten. 